Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. You can count on this more than you can count on the grocery store being open. Like 20 hours a day, seven days a week, and we've been building this thing for 16 years. 16 years is a long time. As my assistant reminded me uh, earlier this week, she was two when we started. She was two, friends. She was two. I feel a little old being told that my assistant was two. But I, I wanted to share just that, that day that really changed it all. And then we'll jump into uh, some other uh, perspectives. But most of you guys know the story. I was uh, 25-ish, somewhere in there. And uh, I'd come off the mission field and was trying to figure out what the next steps were as far as ministry. I knew I was a full-time minister. I just didn't know exactly what was next on the agenda. And as I'm sitting there in my living room one day on my day off, I have what from up to that point and then from that point to this day was the most powerful encounter I've ever had with the Lord. As far as gotten the most powerful word, uh, I've had the Holy Spirit, you know, shake me a couple times, but this shook me deep in my soul. I mean, this was way more than a, a physical manifestation, but I did feel the presence of the Lord fall in the room. And all of a sudden I found myself on the floor and I couldn't get up. And, and under the power of the Lord, I heard the Holy Spirit say, start a daily prayer meeting tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. and don't stop until I come back. And to this day, that's the most directive, the, the biggest directive, the most life-changing couple of seconds outside of giving my life to Jesus that I've ever had. I mean, that, that was so life-altering because the Lord wasn't asking. It wasn't an invitation. It was like, you're going to do this or we're going to have problems. You will be there praying tomorrow morning at 5 a.m., and it just it, it kind of it kept resonating. Start a daily prayer meeting tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. and don't stop till I come back. Start a daily prayer meeting. And so as I was just hearing that, I found myself 25 trying to figure out I don't really love prayer that much. I mean, I love God, but I'd rather read the Bible than pray. I don't want to get up at 5 a.m. for sure. I don't want to do because actually it's before five because you got to start at five. I don't want to do it until the second coming. I didn't really know what the second coming was. I mean, there was just all kinds of problems with this calling. And I just want to invite some of you to hear the word of the Lord on this. It doesn't matter what you think or what you know. Just obey. He'll take care of the details. And I look at it now and I'm like, 16 years later, and we're still doing it. We actually started a prayer meeting the next day, and we've never missed a day in 16 years. And I'm thankful for the faithfulness of, of us, but I'm just so in awe of the kindness of the Lord for all the ingredients that allowed us to start a prayer meeting with no notice and keep going every single day for 16 years. That is just a remarkable grace of God. That is... There aren't too many ministries or things that you can name that have been doing anything daily for 16 years. I mean, the most incredible ministries in the world aren't doing stuff seven days a week. <laughs> and here we are tucked away in Pantigo 
And we've been doing a daily prayer meeting that then grew into two a day and then three a day and four, and now 10 a day. And we've been doing this for 16 years. I'm just blown away by it. I'm blown away. Well, one of the things that I can't go without doing is, uh, is honoring the, the senior leadership team. And one of the reasons that I, I want to do that is over the years, the ones that have had to carry that call at least as much as me, and in some ways more than me, have been the senior leaders of this ministry. Uh, it's very frequent that people will recognize me as the director and give me all the credit like I did it. And we all know that is simply not the case. But it's, it's so rare that the senior leadership team gets recognized for the amount of work and energy that they put in to carry this mandate. And so I, I just want to honor Luke Fredenberg, come on up here. Daniel Yate, come on. Christy, come on up here. Caitlin, is she in here? Is Caitlin in here? Andy? Oh, Andy's not even here. Oh, there he is. Andy? I thought you were still out serving in the parking lot. Listen, I, I just want to say thank you to these. And uh, Amy, would you just check to see if Caitlin's in the lobby? Would you just snag her real quick? Uh, I want to say thank you to, to you all. Yeah, if you don't mind, Caitlin, thank you. Or Christy. Uh, I want to say thank you to you guys because every day you're carrying this mandate that the Lord... Come on up here, Caitlin. Every day you guys are carrying this mandate in a way that is uh, at, at least as real, so often more real than I am. And you believe the word that the Lord spoke over this ministry like I do, but you didn't hear it. <laughs> You just hear me tell it, and then you've heard the Holy Spirit confirm it in your own hearts. And you guys labor tirelessly. I mean, guys, really, the work that's being done around here, it's being carried by so many, but I just, it is important that you know how much more <laughs> these five are carrying, because if somebody can't make it, if somebody needs to change situations, job sets, it falls for sure on these five. I'm not a worship leader. These five carry this ministry so deeply in their heart. And we all do or it wouldn't be here. But I just want you to know, I want you to recognize these five leaders are putting in so much time and energy and, and heart into keeping this place sustained. And, you know, as Amy and I just continue to process the ministry that the Lord's given us and, and the work that, that we're called to here, and me as the director here, we are countlessly, uh, countless times thankful in a real heart, deep way for you five and what you do and how much you pour in here. And so we just wanted to say thank you. I gave each of you guys a little card here. This is from me and Aim. We love you guys. We're very grateful. And just want you to know that uh, there is no prayer room without you five. I, I mean, it's, it's an absolute joke that this rests on me. This rests on us. And really what that looks like is me saying, hey, can you do this? <laughs> can you do this? Can you get 20 people to do that? And you do it. And, and that's why this place exists. So I, I just want to give these five a round of applause for all the work that they do. So... Love you guys. Thank you. You guys have a seat. Have a seat. Except whoever's next. Daniel, why don't you stay up here, come back up here or something. I, guys, I'm just, 
I'm so thankful to the Lord that we're still here after 16 years doing what he told us to do. It's just a rare thing that you can look back 16 years ago and still be doing something that the Lord said to do 16 years ago. And it's realer today than it was then. And then there's all these that have come along the way and it's real to them. That's, that's the grace of the Lord. It's awesome. Okay. Thank you, Brad. You know, it's really sweet that you and Amy did that, and I feel so bad that I'm about to trample on both of you so aggressively. You know, perspective is an important thing. It's important for all of us to expand our perspective, to see things in a different light. Now, we've heard many, 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 many times Brad share his perspective on exactly what went down, how this thing got started, what the living room was like, what the Livermore house was like, and Pioneer, that building in those different seasons and what they were like, and all the different stories. But a perspective we haven't heard is we haven't heard Amy's perspective on it all. We also for sure haven't heard Brad try to tell Amy's perspective of it all. And we certainly haven't heard Brad tell Amy's perspective, read by a random third party completely. (laughs) That we definitely haven't done. So let's rectify that. When I'm done, I want it said that Brad has slain his thousands, but but Amy heard ten thousands. That's what I want when this is done tonight. With no worries in the world. So without further ado, I loved choir and time with friends. I loved my two dogs. But one day everything changed for me. An odd yet welcome intrusion into my calm little world. It went by the name of Brad Stroop. A boisterous, red-headed man with a very strange idea and levels of energy that couldn't be ignored. Still can't. Some might say he was obnoxious. Some might say he was obnoxious. But still, there was a certain charm about him, and we soon became friends. (laughs) But I would soon learn that being friends with Brad is uh, sometimes challenging. One day, he just up and went to go die a martyr as a missionary in Africa, as he would say. He seemed like he knew what he was doing, but whether or not that was true, that didn't much matter because he was on a mission. And that's, well, Just how Brad was. Well, how Brad is. So he up and went. However, after some time of receiving email correspondence and tailing some wild stories of what he would probably explain as his exploits on the mission field, suddenly, one day, instead of dying a martyr, he just appeared at my home. And as promptly as he had gone away, now he was back. And I might have enjoyed the fact that he came to see me first. But don't tell anyone. And I found myself strangely connected to him, and he to me. Being connected to Brad is uh, sometimes challenging. One day, Brad called me. He was frantic, which was normal, excited, which was normal, and saying many confusing things too fast to understand, which was also normal. He went on to explain how he had just heard God tell him to start a daily prayer meeting that following morning at 5 a.m. and how his life was over and how he wanted me to join him, which was not normal. (laughs) 
And I wasn't sure why that meant that my life had to be over too, but <laughs> before I could present a case, I found my mouth saying that I would be there at 5 a.m. the next day, and so I was. Early as it was, I was mostly glad I did it. I mean, at least I got to spend more time with Brad. So on September 13th, 2005, we started daily corporate prayer meetings. And like I said, I got to spend more time with Brad. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Doing ministry with Brad can be quite, everybody, challenging. Yes, thank you. So we were doing 5 a.m. prayer meetings every morning in his living room, but he just couldn't leave things well enough alone. After only a few months, we were already adding more prayer meetings and talking crazy talk about being a 24-7 house of prayer. That this little thing in the living room would grow up to be some convoluted missions base with people doing it as their full-time jobs. I just couldn't believe it. He was clearly delusional. But I mean, what could I do? At this point, I was already in. So whether or not this was the start of some cult that would end up on the evening news, or the start of him doing something real, oh God, please let it be real. Listen, people, following Brad's dreams and visions can be sometimes challenging. Yes, it can, yes, it can. So, one day this weirdo looks at me with this Hey, baby, I'm not just your friend anymore, kind of look. You know what I'm talking about, Preston. <laughs> Was he about to ask me out? The one my parents warned me about? Aaliyah, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> the one with all the funny ideas and the over-the-top personality? Still, he was kind of cute, he was. Kind of cute. And I think I felt butterflies. Or was that queasiness? I don't know. But wait, this is Brad. This was just weird. If this is real, then it's kind of a done deal. I mean, if I go on even one date with him, I'm pretty much saying yes to a wedding. Oh, please don't let him ask me out because if he does, then I'm going to marry him and I just don't know about all that. So you know what he did? That crazy asked me out. And I said yes. And it seemed like in five minutes we were married. Oh, what have I done? <laughs> Being married to Brad can be sometimes challenging. Yes, thank you, thank you. That's a pattern, we're gonna do that every time. So now what? We were having people over at our house every morning and every night for prayer meetings. This was our first year of marriage for crying out loud. This, this could not continue. I'm trying to be married here, people. You gotta get me out of, you gotta get out of my living room. So, Senor Crazy devised a harebrained idea to have everybody give us a bunch of money. God actually blessed it. We came up with $45,000 or something. Then he went off and bought a house with it. He tore down all the walls and called it a house of prayer. That wasn't a house of prayer, that was a... I don't know what, but it wasn't whatever he was saying. Then he goes and buys a minivan that was from the 80s or something in order to shuttle people back and forth, he said. From where, I said. From the abandoned parking lot, he said. <laughs> It'll be fine, he said. 
This was most certainly not what I had in mind. Weren't we supposed to be a real ministry? What the heck is this? Brad's ideas can be crazy, weird, and sometimes challenging. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> can I get an amen, people? Thank you. Well, I hate to say it, but it worked. I mean, we added sets, we started an internship, and more and more people started coming around. And then people actually started doing TPR as their full-time job. I couldn't believe it. We did a strange thing to that. We did strange things in that house. The prayer room was more like a cave. There were people living in the little side rooms, and our shuttle service just had to make about every government watch list, or at least a few of them. But somehow, unconventional as everything was, it was happening. During this time, we formed a clear leadership team. We got a real website, not just the janky old MySpace page. <laughs> started internships, and we caught the attention of IHOP KC. And somehow, we started hosting big conferences. I'll be darned if we didn't take a bunch of real steps forward in that weird little house. But it was actually looking like we might be a real house of prayer. Who'd have thunk? Learning what I learned from Brad's crazy leadership kind of works, and that can be challenging. Over the next few years, we had our fill of ups and downs, some ministry wins and some painful disappointments too. TPR moved a couple of times and finally settling here in our own space, we grew some staff and we grew some gray hairs celebrated 15 years of prayer and cried over some friends who left. We increased our schedule to 20 hours a day and all the while seemed to be in a constant state of debt. Three strange small children somehow appeared and started calling me mommy. <laughs> all the while I was pioneering a school and carrying a hundred other responsibilities I don't remember saying yes to. Let me assure you, being the matron of the Stroop family and keeping this crazy pace all the time is most certainly challenging. But I'm all in. I'm all in, people. I've always been all in. Whatever comes, I'm in. Yeah, we believe some crazy stuff about the future, but we know God has a part for us to play in it. TPR has been around for 16 years, and I have no doubt we've got 16 more. And if we keep breathing, then we'll have 16 after that. We're not going anywhere. So what's that mean for you? Well, I'll, well, I'll say that you should do like I did when I was 20-something. Join in on the crazy and buckle up for a wild ride. It'll be sometimes chaotic. Other times it'll make a little more sense. But one thing's for sure, God is in it and he's in it big time. He's writing our story and now you're a part of it too. So just go ahead and skip the whole skepticism thing where you're part of it and you get involved all slow and cautious-like. And just jump on in and go on the journey with us. Figure it out as you go. And learn what a crazy, awesome, and sometimes challenging journey it can really be. Thank you, Troy McClure. All right, we're going to go into TPR uh, testimony. So if I can get Luke, John, Walter, Kendall, Chris, 
And then in the back row, Sophia and Brittany, you guys be ready. We're each going to take about two, three minutes and just give you a snapshot over the years of what this has been like. And we'll just go in order. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about living room and Livermore days. As you heard uh, Daniel telling Amy's perspective through Brad's handwriting, uh, the Livermore and living room days were interesting, small beginnings. I remember coming around as a college student and uh, invited by, by my good buddy Luke, who I worked with at Best Buy, and I found myself in this, in this prayer laboratory uh, many mornings before I had to go to class, and I just began to, to, uh, to really see something different that I felt like I was missing. There was a, a small band it would be stretching it to call it a group. There was a small band of people who were earnestly seeking the Lord. And that's something that I was really looking for, was to find some, some uh, brothers and sisters going after the Lord. And I found that. And as we continued trudging through those 5 a.m. prayer meetings and expanding, uh, we began to, to uh, begin to hear the Lord a little bit. Uh, with more clarity, but also see more of ourselves in the story as well and gain more confidence. And as we did, this thing began to snowball. We, uh, we eventually moved into that Livermore house, which was our first big move. It was the first uh, building right out of Brad's living room. There was a cra- there's a crazy story behind it, a gift campaign that amounted to $45,000 by a group of like 12 uh, individuals who had no business coming up with $45,000. It was a sovereign move. But we renovated a house, and I got to have the unique experience of living in one of those side rooms of the prayer room. Uh, I lived as my, as my main place that I, that I live. Uh, that's where I studied. I had, my, I had to trudge across the, the hallway where everyone went into the prayer room to take showers and things. Um, <laughs> It was such an experience, and we were growing in confidence, and it, I just look at that as, as such the teenage years. We had pimples, and we had all the weird, creaky voices, and everything. It was just such a growing stage. But we were doing it, and we were growing in confidence, and that's, <clears throat> that's the season as well that the Lord began to breathe on us. We got to experience some real... Uh, moments of awakening and, a, and revival, and it was such a sweet time. I'm going to pass it on to Luke. All right, I'm going to talk real quick about the very first internship. So, how Brad, the ministry started. Brad, you know, started daily prayer meeting tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., don't stop till I return. You know, just reverberate, just has this encounter to start. So, we're at uh, one thing, all right? And Brad just gets walloped, golly, just blasted um, by the Lord. He is just out like a light on the ground, just, you know, flopping around, knocking rows of chairs and doing all that kind of stuff. So the, anyways, the service is over. Brad's still just kind of sitting there. At this point, I found that I was kind of like a, um, I'd sort of just drag Brad out of a place if Brad got hit with the Lord. So, you know, I'm kind of waiting. So I sort of dragged Brad out of the conference center to the car. It was a long way. (laughs) Um, 
we, uh, we debrief, you know, after, and Brad's like, man, you know, like, like, dude, what'd the Lord say to you? He's like, well, the Lord said, we got to start a full-time internship. We're going to have 40 full-time interns this spring. It's like, dude, awesome. Like, and I had to like drag you out of the conference center. Like, totally, this is going to happen. So we get started. Uh, Brad is like just writing notes at a furious pace and the internship comes around and gets started. And we have one intern (laughs) named Matt Bailey. And Brad is still writing notes while we're doing the internship. So Brad would finish the notes of a session about time that class was supposed to start. And then me as like the instructor, when I would teach, I would get a set of notes that was most of the time 10 pages long. And I'm supposed to process the notes in about 10 minutes and figure out what even some of it says, because there's a lot of it that we hadn't even studied before. And there's even some of it while I'm reading it, I'm like, I'm not sure I even believe this. Um, (laughs) But this is in the notes and I'm supposed to teach it. So uh, it was getting more and more, you know, 10, 10 creeped up to 11. 11 creeped up to 12 and I started mentioning it like hey dude you gotta you gotta shorten these these little packets down you know these are like these 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 aren't just like sermons this is becoming like short stories like like goosebump books you know like you've gotta like you gotta shorten this down and then uh bro we start the harlot babylon and (laughs) he does a it was like a 17-page, an 18-page, and maybe a 19-page, like three, three different sessions in a row. And you're like, okay, first off, like, what is the harlot Babylon? Like, we've never talked about any of this. And you wrote, like, you know, almost 50-something pages, and we're supposed to just break it up over the course. So it's just the first internship was probably the weakest, most... Uh, exhaustive effort that you had put forth and yet somehow it was really impacting so much that Matt Bailey loves it he like sticks around for a while and then goes off to ministry school and is like a full-time pastor and still looks back on that time and is like man I just loved my time as an intern and so I just man the encouraging thing I learned is that no matter how weak the thing looks in front of you just still just like give it your best. Don't question it. Just say yes. And you will be amazed at the grace that the Lord puts on it and the results that he brings after the fact. Amen. John Stokes. And I got saved with Matt Bailey. Matt Bailey was in the room and I was lost and I walked in and he's singing the song about, I'm going to love you with all my heart, all my soul. And I just got saved. But uh, that's really how it happened. And I just want to make sure, I'm talking about how I got saved or what it was like. All right, so when I, I that's exactly, honestly, it, I just want to say it was weird for me because I, I walked in, I was lost and I like somewhat knew it, but it was weird to start feeling clarity, being able to think and like just able to be sober about my life and go, what did I do? Like, 
there's been no point to my life of anything and then just being able, like it's like all the dots connect it's like god made sense and i just basically said i'm selling my soul to you you know so on and so forth but it was also kind of weird because i was in a group of people that were genuine fervent um encouraging you to like be wholehearted be reckless and zeal and so I went after the Lord, and so some of it was a little odd because it wasn't typical of the, if you were to just tell me to go and talk to other believers in other churches, I was, I was a mess, but it didn't make sense to me, and it felt like there was difference in, not that I felt better or above, but it felt like I couldn't talk about Jesus and what he's done, and the enemy did this. It was so like, it just felt like... I, a, a, a different thing and I was like man I, what did I get myself into because the Lord's meeting me there's this other thing opposing me and it just felt odd and different difficult beautiful it was everything but uh anyways yeah I remember that February 7th 2011 I was, Matt Bailey that guy that you guys talked to playing on a guitar I get saved my life was weird I lost everything but I gained everything you know whatever but anyways Walter All right, so what, what I'm going to be talking about is, um, so it's said that I'm, I'm, more, I'm, in, I'm in the prayer room more than the minimum, and I don't, I don't know how that, that's, that's happened, but this is what I'm going to be talking about. So I guess for me, the reason why that's, well, I, I first came in th- in December 2012, back when we were at 939, but I didn't get more involved until like a couple of months later, like even going to um, my very first community trip to Bro- in Brokeba, Oklahoma with, with, with the folks, and that's where I went kayaking for the first time too, so that, I still consider that my, my most favorite uh, community trip, even up to this point, unless, unless there was another trip that we could ever take that can surpass it, like even this past, um, this past lake house trip, which really enjoyed a lot, but I kind of, I guess it still wouldn't compare to my very first uh, community trip. So hopefully there might be another one in the future that can ever surpass it. Also, anyway, um, yeah, so I, I, I came in in December 2012 and yeah, I met, I met John here. I met John there, of course. And yeah, when I was taking my internship in fall 2013, um, I remember him also um, discipling me um, yeah, in that season as well. Because I was come, when I first came around the prayer room, I was come, I, I was, still, um, I was still involved with a crowd of friends that eventually they were just kind of back- backsliding and it even, it even got, <laughs> Bryce knows what I'm talking about, I, I know that face, <laughs> okay, but yeah, so anyway, yeah, all, all the old friends that I was with before, um, eventually uh, that, that, all had to, um, that, that all had to pass after, um, after we had our One Thing 20, 2013 conference, we, we, came, we came back and it, it was then, so there was the internship, of course, and being discipled in that season. And then, um, then afterwards, just learning about a lot of things. Well, I'm learning uh, a lot of things of what what I've learned before. Um, it started to make more sense. So, once learning the truth, it's yeah. I even I even brought up a, a correction with um with my buddy that I used to be with. Like I think about three times, and there was, and every time there was just rejection. So, at that at that point, it, I know it was hard for me to uh, to do all this, but you know, having to let him go and whatnot. But then eventually, you know, just coming on board your volunteer staff right when January 2014, 2014 comes around. So, yeah, I've been on board ever since. So, yep. So, yep. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, so anyway, um, so a- after being on board just seven and a half years uh, later, still still trying to, you know, stay faithful and just um, where the Lord wants me to be and, 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 why, and why he has me here. I guess because... Um, 
One thing I learned in the, my internship from, from way back was um, the, Psalm 27, 4 really hit me, hit me hardcore. You know, the one thing that I desire is that I will seek you all the days of my life, behold your beauty and acquire your temple. Like that's really, really stuck to me. Like not just as an internship thing, but from here on out, it's just like that seed is just really uh, took root. And it's like that tree still growing more and more. Yeah. Like even in the midst of, you know, having a full-time job at FedEx and even like before that, you know, having other jobs like at Lifetime Fitness and Park Place Mercedes-Benz, uh, even though, um, yeah, yeah the, the car dealership, I, I couldn't come to um, staff meeting, of course, because I, I was working, you know, from like 10 a.m. to like 7 p.m. But then, of course, I, I moved, over to, moved over to FedEx, and I, I was able to come back on, um, to back, come back to staff meetings once again. So n nothing's really changed, of course, but, you know, just still here, just um, still, you know, one of the build, you know, night and day prayer and worship with, with all my friends here who, are, who I'm running with and who are just being faithful to, to, to this house. And even... Um, Along the way, getting to meet um, meet a lot of new bros like Chris at the uh, at Chris Arota at the Livermore House that we all used to room in, and then of course um, in, my, in my current house right now, you know, having two roommates, including Ryan, who just who's actually Luke's Luke's friend, and yeah, got the privilege of you know having him you know stay with me uh, for his uh, Fire of the Night internship. But yeah, it's um, yeah, just along the way, just you know, continue to grow my relationship with the Lord, and along the way, also you know, getting to. To, to meet new faces. So it's like a chapter over and over again. And I've, I've told this to some folks before, and it's, very, it's a very personal thing, but w one thing that, that I've experienced over the years is that just looking at how the, the, the pages just keep turning, it's like, it, it just makes life seem like a, like, like a TV series. You know, there's this, this season, that season, and like you, there, there's like the, the original cast, but also new faces come um, up here, you know, they come and go. So. That's, how, that's just how it's been, been for me, you know, especially with meeting new people you know, around the community. But yeah, that's, I, I guess, um, the reason why it's, I, I guess that's why it's um, been, for, yeah, been for me to um, really, really see those uh, hours invested into this house. And, and who knows um, where, where all that's going to go. But unless the Lord says otherwise, uh, I ain't going anywhere. Amen. Amen. Hello, I'm Kendall, for those who don't know me maybe, but um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Prince of Peace location, which was an awesome experience. I was told to talk about the challenges, but to be honest, I didn't really face any challenges there as a non-staff, like somewhat involved person. I had a great experience there, despite the strange decor and the interesting um, extras that they had there. Um, <laughs> yeah, they... Um, yeah, there were some statues and paintings and things that were a little different than I was used to. But um, yeah, I had a great experience there. I had my first like deep encounter with the Lord in college, and I had recently graduated. I had recently gotten engaged, and my then fiance had just moved to Peru for an undetermined amount of time. So I was feeling kind of lonely, kind of like, what do I do now? I, I got this new job, but I really wasn't plugged in anywhere. Um, I had been at Gateway, so that was a massive church, but um, I was really looking for like family and really close community. So Lara Torres, now Stokes, invited me, and um, they were talking about end time themes, and I was kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. But my fiance had met um, a missionary in Peru who was fully about end time themes and was really into a lot of things, and um, so that he was learning deep into all of these themes that Brad was speaking about. So 
at first when JC was telling me about these things, I was like, oh my goodness, who is this guy? He's kind of crazy. Like, you don't need to talk to him. But um, I started studying the word and I'm like, oh, wait, this is true. This is in the word. So I need to learn about it. And when I came and I started hearing Brad talk about it, I was like, okay, this is good. This is people who are crazy like us. And <laughs> I just, I, I found, I felt really connected. I felt really um, welcomed and people were super nice. People were friendly and yeah, I just, I had a great experience there and I stuck around and I'm so glad I did. So yeah, I'm just really thankful. <laughs> So I'm going to be talking about my externship. Uh, I did the externship back in 2016. I, wasn't, I actually wasn't planning on coming here, uh, but I was dating a girl named Elizabeth, and I have you at that time, and she's going to come over here. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to follow her, you know? I'm going to come over here and do the externship thing. Um, so that was my reason for coming here. But we ended up bre breaking up for, for good reasons, um, and, and I was here like, I already committed to coming here, and so I'm going to come anyway. I don't care. So I came here, and um, uh, I think, I know Rhoda talked to uh, me about this and how uh, Jeremy put me under the bus in the beginning when I came here. So there was, there was four of us uh, externs here, and Jeremy gave me the, I think he gave me like the 7, or like, I, th I think it was like the 5 p.m. to 11 uh, p.m. sets on Friday nights as well. And so I couldn't hang out with my friends. Um, but, but I felt like I grew a lot in the Lord during that time. I had Sunday nights, which was rough um, during my externship. I think we were doing we were doing like 50 hours a week, probably most likely. So it was a full-time job. But in my heart, my heart was coming alive during that time, and I also met Rhoda during that time. So, and, um, amen. <laughs> so. At this point, I was, I think I was like 26, uh, 27. You know, you go to Bible college to meet Jesus and also to get married, right? So um, I had met, uh, we, I, Rhoda, Rhoda, and I started, Rhoda, Rhoda and I started dating and we were getting serious. So I'm like, oh, I should just move over here. And um, it kind of went by quick. And I ended up moving over here. Um, I had a dream during my externship that Brad was giving me a sword. I had no idea what that meant, and the next day, um, Lisa Loper uh, called me, and it's like, Brad wants to give you more responsibilities in the prayer room, and I was like, oh, wow, the Lord already kind of prepared my heart um, for Brad to speak to me, and so I was like, I, I immediately said yes, because I had a dream about it um, the night before, so um, during my externship, I was just, it, it, it was a character building time, and I, I was given a lot of responsibilities, I was over the base operations, and um, I was doing a lot of session leading and worship leading. I got to grow musically. I didn't know that I was good at keys because I was mainly a guitar person and like I played a lot of keys and I love the keys now. So it, it, that was definitely one of the benefits of doing my externship and just falling in love with the Lord and meeting my wife, so. Yeah. Hey guys. Um, okay, so when I was first here, no, actually I'm going to start before that. Um, I did YWAM a long time ago, 2016, and when I was there, um, this guy came to my school and he was like, 
talking to us about how revival is coming to Texas. And he's like, yeah, and we're going there. We're doing 50 days of prayer and outreach. And it's going to be epic. And God's going to move. And there's a tornado coming. And fire's going to fall. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, and if you feel called to Texas, get up right now and stand up by your feet. And I was like, yeah. And I looked around, and I was the only person. <laughs> Me and one other person out of 200 people in this tent are standing up. And I was like, guys, you don't feel that? Like, is it just me? And so then I, during my break from YWAM, I was like, all right, God, well, you said it. You're going to move in Texas. I have to be a part of it. So I came to Arlington and um, to a church right across the street from Jeremy's house. And for 50 days, we did evangelism with Revive Texas. Um, and TPR was the intercess intercession house. House of prayer. Um, for the 50 days. And they were doing 24-7 during that time. Um, and it was super cool. I got to be a part of some of the night sets when they were like, we don't have anyone. And I got to come. That was my first time ever leading worship at the prayer room. And, man, it was like from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or really later every single day that we were doing outreach and prayer and it was crazy and I never slept and I met so many cool people and I felt like a superstar for Jesus because I was like everybody's rejecting me but sometimes people get baptized and it was so cool um, and so many salvations I don't even remember how many but like here in Texas and suburbia and then I went back to YWAM and was doing my thing and like eventually when God told me to leave missions I was thinking back on all of the places he gave me the option he said where did you like to be and I traveled all over America even doing missions and I had never been anywhere that people loved God so extravagantly in their normal lives like I had met missionaries which it turns out every, a lot of people here are missionaries. I didn't really know it. But um, I had met missionaries who were like on fire going to the nations. But I had never been around people that were on fire for like the ones right in front of them and, um, and for America. And I was like, that's what I want. I want to be a part of that. So I got to come back here after that and after I left Flyway and be a part of this community. Um, and... Here you go, Brittany. And she might have met Daniel and some of us on that trip, so that was really good. Yeah, we kind of look back now and thought that was hilarious. So, um, Sophia, I love actually just what you said there at the end because I feel like that's exactly what my experience coming to that first trip, that was my first time to TPR, was during that 50 days. And I look at Robbie, and I look at Nick, and I look, Tyler, you were on that trip, right? Yes? It was both trips. I always forget. No. Okay, whatever. You weren't here. But Daniel was here, and so was Robbie and Nick. And, like, it was just... It was amazing what we were seeing. Nick and I had come from a small house of prayer back home, and we had gone to IHUPU, but we didn't know where we were going next. Um, so I was actually asked to talk about why do people from Kansas City or IHUPU keep moving here, which I think is hilarious, and I'm sure each person has an individual story. Um, I can say for those of us that came here, and we like, oh, I knew you were there on campus, but I didn't know you kind of thing, and we all kind of ended up here at the same time. 
looking at so many of you, and here we are. How funny. But none of us, like, thought, oh, we're, I'm coming here. This is where I'm moving after graduation. Like, just I remember specifically, it wasn't like we all had some conversation. We're going to move to TBR. Nick and I didn't know we were moving here until six weeks before we showed up. So that was a fun story. But I specifically wanted to say, like, I wrote it down because I just wanted it to sound accurate of all that I would feel about why do we move to TPR and I say we and again everyone has their own story but so much I feel like is true for everyone that I don't want to sound like oh we all say this but it's the community (laughs) and that sounds like we always hear about the community but that's why it's real like I was having a conversation today and I was saying if you want true biblical gospel walked out community this is where you come this is the place that you come to find that um and so i'm just going to read what i wrote down because i liked it um that it said so many young adults that are connected to god's word are longing for and looking intently for that gospel oriented biblical community and it's found here And that to me was like the main thing. But secondarily, because of uh, the functionality of TPR staff being full-time missionary, part-time missionary, or volunteer staff, um, whether you uh, to have a full-time job or family, it really makes the prayer movement and furthering the house of prayer possible no matter the season of life that you're in. That was the thing like for me and what Nick and I were looking for. I longed to give everything to the Lord. No matter what I'm doing, whether I'm working, whether I'm a mom, or whether I'm a a missionary, I want to give it all to the Lord. Where can I do that? And this is where the Lord brought us. And it's, it's so true, what everyone said. It's real. Auntie, I don't know who to give this to, but I'm done. All right. All right, well, I'm going to share a section uh, called Excited Quotes. So we uh, had some prompts out there during the hot dogs, and we also had some different prompts sent through emails, and so I've selected uh, some that I'm going to read. And so uh, I'll read this first um, hot dog prompt question was, when you picture yourself and your family in TPR's future, what are you most excited for? And we had some great answers, some real deep, uh, you know, heart-wrenching, good answers. Um, Tyler is excited for a wife. (laughs) Daniel is excited for Tyler to get a wife. (laughs) Sophia is excited for Tyler to get a wife. Okay. Robbie, on the other hand, is excited for that, but he's also excited for um, the day when he can lead a set and his wife and kids be there with him on the stage. So that's not far, too far off in the distance. All right, some others here, a different category, um, opportunities uh, to grow in new ways. And so Lauren Hudnell had a memory she's sharing. It says, a memorable prayer moment for me was when I moved back during COVID when TPR had the dubbed zombie prayer room with all the infected people leading prayer. Uh, she was voluntold. Uh, uh, I was going to lead a set afterward, or I was going to lead a set. Afterwards, I walked off the stage and looked at Robbie and said, I will never do that again. Robbie... Um, you know, with the, I, I can just picture Robbie's face right now, much like he's making right now. He said, oh, yes, you will. 
And so Lauren said, I walked off the stage terrified, but survived, and I was actually able to connect with the Lord in ways that I wasn't able to before. And if I wasn't forced to do this, voluntold, um, she's like, I, I never would have done this. And so another one from Lissa. Uh, my absolute favorite prayer, or my absolute favorite moment in the prayer room was standing on the stage right over here uh, for the first time behind a microphone. She said, I got to encounter the Lord in a new and mighty way as I had the privilege to sing and worship with other people on my set. She said, that moment marked me and I knew that God had touched my heart to something new and exciting that he has for me. So getting to sing on the stage for, uh, for the first time. Um, some other uh, favorite TPR moments. This is from Miss Pam. Um, one of my favorite moments in the prayer room was the first time I went to the 5 a.m. Israel intercession set. She said, I had gone to Israel the year before, and God had really opened my eyes to his country and his people, and I felt a burden to pray. Um, she remembers Andy being the prayer leader, uh, Kathleen being the worship leader, and she said, uh, uh, I remember crying because I felt the Holy Spirit touching me as I was in that prayer meeting. She said, I remember going up to pray, having not really a clue how the whole, whole apostolic prayer sheet worked and how to do that. So she was apprehensive, but excited at the same time. And she, she just remembers, um, I'll just get back to her words. I'll stop paraphrasing. Uh, she said, I remember going up to uh, pray and Andy took the time to sit me down and show me uh, the apostolic prayers and how to pray from that. And she said, I have not looked back since then and love uh, that I get to do this each time still to date. She's been on that prayer meeting. And so she's a prayer leader for that. And so she's just so grateful for Andy others and others taking her under the wing and showing her the ropes. Now here's a fun one. Uh, Jeremy Jarvis, um, back in 2014, he said, one of my favorite uh, <clears throat> memories of the prayer room is uh, uh, when we were based in the Prince of Peace location that uh, Kendall so, uh, did so well describing. Um, one afternoon, the power went out. A storm came through and the power went out. Uh, we were just, uh, we all just kept playing inside. Um, I think someone on the was playing on keyboard and Jeremy went up and just grabbed the guitar and started playing. Um, he said, and others made a circle with a, a, a djembe and we were just playing and worshiping the Lord in the midst of the storm and the insanity and even the doors from the outside into the, the hall were blowing open because the storm and the wind was so intense. And he said, I just remember it being a holy moment as we kept the fire on the altar before the Lord for several hours, even when the power was on, went out. And that, uh, that even went for a few days. And so just in the middle of that, uh, just keeping the fire on the altar going. A few others, memorable moments uh, from Juan. He said, I love the times that I walk into the prayer room and the Lord captivates me and draws me into his presence and speaks to me and shows me things. He said, I can boldly say that the Lord speaks in this room. Yeah. And he says, many times the, during the intercession sets when the uh, the prayer leader comes around during ministry time. He's like, they always have the word of the Lord for me and love me and share the love of Christ with me in those moments. Okay, uh, um, another uh, 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 just encountering God in the prayer room moment from Catherine. Uh, she said, during the first uh, COVID lockdown, I was in the prayer room a lot, but I didn't really have <clears throat> revelation yet about the house of prayer or its, or its significance. She said, one day I was just pacing in the, in the prayer room. And I remember I looked up and saw the top of the doorway. 
and I heard the Holy Spirit speak to my heart so clearly, uh, not with words, but just a sudden realization that I was called to the house of prayer. And that being in corporate prayer meetings was going to be a near daily reality uh, for the rest of my life. And so just, just there's so many that you guys submitted of different encounters in this room and just the gift that, that, that is. Okay, I'll read another one, another one from uh, Jeremy's wife, Cammie. Um, I think Andy mentioned the Give campaign back in the, uh, in the beginning of TPR's days, and she was part of that. So her perspective on that, um, she called it the bucket campaign. She said the bucket campaign of throwing any extra money we found came across or were given in raises had multiplied into something far beyond what our little group of 20-year-olds brains could ever have dreamed of. She said, I remember the sweet childlike feeling of awe and wonder and wild worship that burst out in the Stroop's living room the day we realized that God had taken our fishes and loaves and multiplied it. She said what followed was a moment of worship swirl where we were jumping on the couches in excitement and everyone hugging each other, worshiping together in this this moment of God's faithfulness. And she said, it's a moment that I'll always cherish and treasure. So just from that perspective. And so I'll share, uh, I'll just share one more, um, one more from Vina. uh, the prompt of just why she joined one of the re- one of the reasons why she joined volunteer staff. She said the commitment of being on volunteer staff requires me to continue to keep my eyes on the things above, reminds me of what really matters, allows a continual dying of the fleshly desires, and provides a built-in account- accountability system for my weak seasons where I just want to quit. And then practically, she said, also, uh, I joined staff because I get to see my husband because he's on volunteer staff, and so I get to see him more. So I thought that was very practical and real. And so uh, with that, I'm going to give it over to Brad. Thanks, Luke. He's been fun. All right, well, I'm going to do some TPR trivia, all right? And what you can do is you can, you just, I'll ask the question, and then you guys just answer. Just say it out loud, and if I hear the right answer, I'll point at you. And if you're just saying a bunch of nonsense, then I'll have to tell you the right answer. Okay, so don't say nonsense. Okay, so what were the names of two of the couches in my living room? Cat Pea Couch and Dream Couch. That's right. And those two names are exactly what you're thinking. Exactly what you're thinking. Cat P for Cat P, Couch or Dream for Dream. Okay. Who first discovered that Amy and I were dating and how? Well, of course Amy knows. Yeah, Crystal Kaiser or Zerzer, she saw us holding hands under a table secretly when no one knew yet. There you go. That's right. What what Bible passage did the Lord use to confirm the call the same day I got the call? Start a daily prayer meeting tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. 2 Samuel 24, 24. That's right. That's right. And that's David saying, uh, uh, re- related to buying the temple mount, he said, I will not offer uh, uh, sacrifices to the Lord that cost me nothing. And that was the passage that the Lord used the day that I felt this call. And I realized this was going to be the most massive sacrifice and life change ever. And read that verse that day. 
Okay, we have a no praying during games rule. What do we call it? The Bernie rule. rule. Bernard Brenner, if you're listening right now, you stop praying and prophesying when we're playing games. He would always, and the Lord would do it. The Lord would show Bernie whatever Bernie asked. We're like, I'm either not playing with you or you have to promise to not pray. And then he'd still start doing it. We'd point at him in the middle of the game. Okay. What? Okay. Wait, wait. If, if you've been around more than 10 years, don't answer this question. Let's see who's been paying attention here recently. So if you've been around a long time, you don't answer. What crucial element was missing from the prayer meetings back in the living room? Yeah, music. It's a, it's a very important detail that was totally absent in the prayer, room, prayer meetings in the living room. Okay, why are we called the prayer room and not IHOP Dallas? Originally, he wanted to call it his altar. No, why? Why aren't we called IHOP Dallas? Why was I considering his altar instead of IHOP Dallas? Because there were three prayer rooms all in a fight to call their ministry IHOP Dallas or the Dallas International House of Prayer or House of Prayer of Dallas. And we were like, we're not going to play. We're just, we're not going to, we'll come up with something completely different. So his altar was on the altar for a moment and, and we landed on the prayer room. All right. Uh, what was the first thing we did when we moved into Livermore, the Livermore house? What was the first thing we did? Even before we did that. What's that? We did do that. <laughs> Specifically, when we moved in, we did a 24-hour prayer rally. So that was our first time to ever touch the night watch. Uh, so we did a, a prayer rally 24 hours that night. Ryan Kondo came down and helped us out. Okay, what color were the fake curtains in the prayer room back at Livermore? They were fake curtains because the windows weren't real because we boarded them up with soundproofing. They were fake curtains that didn't really have a window behind them, but we put them on the wall. What color were they? No, not purple. No, not black. Come on. Why don't you two know? You must have stared at them like for... They were teal. They were teal. There you go. Or aqua. All right. Uh, let's see. Was added. Oh, what strange addition was added into the living room lobby at Livermore? It's pretty true. It's <laughs> the roll cage. Roll cage roll. So we had a, we wanted a snack bar, but the, the problem was that was also our finance office. And so we needed a way to lock it, but also have it accessible to be able to serve snacks. So we put like a, like go to the baseball park, roller cage door. It was the most janky thing ever. So janky. We had to remove that thing when we sold it. Okay. Uh, what was the first thing that we did when we moved into the Pioneer Parkway location? <laughs> what? Sweet <laughs> Crickets was a little later. First thing we did. We move into Pioneer. What was the first thing we did? Well, but that was before we moved in. No, that was how we moved in. Once we're in, we, we're in. What was the first thing we did? 
We hosted the One Thing Conference the same day that we moved in. And then right after that, we were so tired, we did a three-month season of pathetic. I mean, of rest. It was, it was, I was single-handedly almost responsible for the falling away of an entire community of people trying to get us to host the first One Thing Conference and move into a new facility the same day. Yeah, a little much. What kid in our community shares our birthday? Zephaniah Cooper. That's right. Okay. Uh, what was the really strange thing about the boys' bathroom at Pioneer Parkway? You could see people's feet that were in the stall from the from the lobby area. You look at it like you could see the feet. What's that? Their people's shoes. Uh, Okay, what was the Pioneer Parkway location before we rented it? Uh, dance. dance studio. Shall we dance? Who was in that picture with me taking down the sign? Was that? Was it you, me, and maybe Sean? You, me, and Luke? Yeah, we had to slide it. I that I maybe remember that. The angel was with us that day. What traumatic event happened the day we moved into Prince of Peace? Uh, that police officer shot that kid's dog. Police officer shot the neighborhood dog in front of the kid. Right across the street. Welcome to the neighborhood, TPR. You are now in the ghetto. Welcome. Where dogs get shot. Okay. Uh, when did we go 187? <laughs> it was the day Zeph was born, which was our eighth year birthday. So both answers are, are true. Eight year birthday, we went 18-7. So interestingly, 18-7, we did at the eight year mark. We're 27 now. It's only two hours more. It's been eight years. Proven to get to do these last few hours, it's true, proven to be much harder <laughs> to get people to stay up in the middle of the night. What strange thing did the Lord do when John Paul Jackson and I preached the same day at our prayer and prophetic conference? Does anybody remember? Everybody came to his message and nobody came to yours. That's probably true. We preached the exact same message. And I was so intimidated because I had my notes already and he'd just gotten done preaching. And I'm now going to preach the same message John Paul Jackson just preached. And I'm like... This is the worst, Lord. This is the worst. But Lord was using it because he was bringing together prayer and prophetic, and he gave both of us the same word. It just it was an interesting, and our, my take was a little different than his. Okay, what unwelcome guest came to check on the church at Prince of Peace? <laughs> the, the, the fake Jesus. We had a false Christ come to check on his church. Just wanted to see how my church is doing. And shows up to our house of prayer. We, we as in Luke Cooper, uh, promptly sent him on his way. So good job, Luke Cooper. You did not give in to that false Christ. Okay. Um, all right. When we bought this building, how did we pay for most of the remodel? Baskets of money. Ding, 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 ding. 
We didn't have money to do any of the remodels, so the Lord gave us three different times, 50,000, 50,000, 40,000, all in cash in random places like my backyard or in a basket on the prayer leader stay, uh, stand when we walked into the prayer room. $50,000 in cash, $50,000 in cash, $40,000 in cash. It's a very interesting way to do a remodel, by the way. Or to make a bank deposit. Uh, why is the pole that's right there there. Why is that pole there? Okay, but why? We'll call that a close second. The, I'll, I'll give you a, a, another hint. It's the same reason that you're looking at brick. That entire back part of the stage used to be outside under the covering, the awning. That, that roof right there is actually the awning of the back porch to this building. But we needed a little bit of extra stage space. So we added a hallway all the way down there. So now you know. You'll never look at the pole the same. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Who's the youngest intercessory missionary we've ever had? Erica. Erica. That's right. Right now. It's real 18. Uh, if anybody's been here for a 5 a.m. set and I'm opening in prayer, which used to happen a lot more than it does now, every time I open a 5 a.m. prayer meeting, what do I do? Good morning, Lord. And then what do I do? Pray for three minutes for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Ever since we first moved in here, we've been contending that God would bring us an outpouring here even while we're in this space. We're asking for a move of God here. All right, and then just this last one, and then uh, whoever's next, who is next? Daniel, yeah. Uh, last one, about how many hours? You can just get close. If I mean, make up numbers. About how many hours of prayer meetings have we had total? 50, okay. You say 75, okay. It's 72. Little over 72,000 hours in prayer meetings uh, as of this morning. So there you go. Okay, Daniel, come on up. All right, tonight, an important theme is perspective. So, I'm going to uh, interview these children, and you're all going to listen. All right, let's give a voice to the voiceful here. All right, I'm going to ask you guys some questions, and you're just going to answer honestly. I might ask a few follow-up questions. We just want to hear what you guys have witnessed, some of your opinions, kind of give you, give you a place to air out some grievances maybe. Uh, whatever you want, really. Just make this time yours. Just go for it, all right? Uh, first things first, uh, fittingly so, what is your first TPR memory? Just raise your hand and I'll hand you the microphone. I actually have three. You have three? <laughs> yes. All right. So, one of them is, I think I remember Kathleen sitting at the usher desk over there with her blanket on. <laughs> and then I remember um, Lauren Jackson with her black curly hair at the welcome desk in the lobby. And I also remember Mark Kordick teaching me how to be a prayer leader right there. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, Anna, and then you can um, one of my memories is 
in the middle of encounter service while we were uh, still in worship, the lights went out and we just like took it as in like a like the stage lights went out and we didn't take it like it happened. We just kept going so. When me and Layla first became friends. When I first came into the building and I was looking around and I was very excited, I saw that pole and I knew that I had to play with it every day. It's a good pole. It's a good pole. She knew its importance. That's awesome. All right. What is something that God has told you about the prayer room or about you at the prayer room or something that just he shared while you were here, an experience that you've had with God here? Who's got one? I was sitting in the prayer room on one of my dad's sets and I realized that I wanted to get baptized and just be his. Come on. That's awesome. Awesome. Anyone else got one? All right. Who do you think would win in a fight? Your dad or your dad? Joe, do you have an opinion? Mr. Andy or Mr. Brad? Who, who is going Brad. Why? He has a lot of energy, so. My dad, because he can fight back with the Holy Spirit. Stick up for your You want to give a reason? My dad, because he literally wins almost everything at our house. My money's on Andy by a wide, wide margin. Uh, this is true. And have you seen Brad's reach? It's just, it's got T-Rex arms. Anyways, um, <clears throat> what is your favorite part of the prayer room? It can be a room, it can be something you do, it can be anything. Anna. Um, I like um, Daniel Academy. Prayer leading. Prayerly, come on. Amen. Amen. Just being here and being able to serve. Making fans faces at Daniel. <laughs> he does that a lot. He's in my Wednesday 11 a.m. We make a lot of faces at each other. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, you know, if you could change one thing <laughs> about the prayer room. <laughs> you could. Anything. Uh, anything. Anything you want to change. <laughs> For my dad to be less wild. <laughs> Simmer down. For everyone to obey me. <laughs> same, same, actually. Get you to be able to get those bars for free. 
I know, the Scrooges on senior leadership, they're just the worst. Um, <clears throat> what are you excited the most about in your future with TPR? Like you guys, when you're older, what are you the most excited to do, excited to see, excited to? Going on my first staff retreat. When my dad gets too old to do it, take over the prayer room. <laughs> That'll be like in five or six years. That's crazy. That's true. <laughs> to do it with all my friends. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, for you girls, um, who did you like uh, playing with more, me or Tyler? <laughs> Daniel, 100%. <laughs> Daniel? I think I say Daniel. <laughs> All right, all right. I think I have one last question. Um, <laughs> I think I, I, I did them all. All right. Um, any, any questions from the, from the audience that you'd like to ask the children? All right, Zeph, what do you want to ask? Okay, he wants, to, he wants to change and get us an elevator. I concur, quite frankly. All right, um, any other questions? Aaliyah. Ooh, favorite song to sing in the prayer room. That's a really good one. The Yes Lord song. In Russia, it was Da Bog. Da Bog, Da Da Bog. It's a little trivia. Um, I think it would be... I have 10,000 reasons to bless your name, Beak. Because I would always smile at Jason and it would make her laugh. When I'm on stage. Whole world in my hands. All right. Um, oh, you have a nice one. Every move I make. All songs. All right, thank you. I think we're going to move on to the, the, next, the next one, which might be nothing. <laughs> I'm All right. Thank you so much for coming. Now what? Now we're going to go out in the lobby for snacks. So if you want snacks, dessert. And the prayer room will be transitioning back in here in a few minutes, so don't linger too long. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources or to schedule another TPR teacher to come speak at your church or event, please see our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Thank you.